Welcome back, welcome back. This is Straight Sports Talk Radio. I'm your host, Zach Humphrey, with the Armchair Quarterback. This is what we're going to call this episode, the Armchair Quarterback, because this is the weekly wrap-up of Week 11 in the NFL, which is quite crazy. I mean, everything going on from Colin Kaepernick to Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph. This week in the NFL has been quite amazing. Um, if you're a football fan, whether positive or negative, um, the NFL has drawn a lot of attention this week. Um, a lot of great games went down. Lamar Jackson probably is cementing right now his position for the MVP. Another four touchdown passes. The kid's been basically unstoppable. I mean, he's having probably, arguably, one of the greatest NFL seasons we've seen in a long time. Especially from a second-year quarterback who nobody on there had this on their radar for him. The kid's been absolutely lightning in the bottle. He's explosive. He's everything you could want as far as an entertainment package. He could sling it. He could run it. Defenses are having nightmares trying to stop this kid. I mean, they put up 41 points on the, the uh, Texans this weekend. And I thought I was going to see more in this game from Deshaun Watson. But apparently the Ravens' defense was too stout. They brought it. They shut him down. Um, Deshaun Watson was only 18 to 29. DeAndre Hopkins only had seven receptions, 80 yards from him. But here's the thing. You had two talented young quarterbacks going at it. And Lamar Jackson didn't turn the football over. I believe he's has, he had another 14, 17 to 24, 222 yards, um, also, I think he ran the ball for another, ran the ball for another nine attempts, 86 yards. I mean, this man has been a beast all season long. 19 touchdown passes, five interceptions, QBR rating of 77.8, 2,200 yards passing. I mean, what do you want from this guy? What do you want from Lamar Jackson? He is doing any and everything possible. And his stats just speak for themselves. I mean, the man is not turning over the football. He's had a great, great season. Not a good season, but a great season. And, you know, what he's bringing on the field hasn't been done ever. Not since Michael Vick and... I'm talking about on a consistency level of Michael Vick with the running and the passing. Right now, week 11, he's at 788 yards rushing in, 11, in 10 games played. 788. He's on course to break 1,000 yards. He's on course to pass for 3,500 to 3,000 yards, possibly. Probably closer to 3,500, I would say. 3,500 yards passing, 1,000 yards rushing. I mean, the man is a TD machine. How do you stop this? How do you stop it? He's got six rushing touchdowns, 19 passing touchdowns. 
Okay. That alone, he's just a one-man gang for them. I love what he's doing. Baltimore is for real. If the defense can keep this up, I can see them going into New England and beating the Patriots at home in New England. I could see it. I could see it. Not only did they dominate them when they played them, but do they have the personnel to stop Lamar Jackson? That's the thing. Because, you know, you go up to New England in that cold, January, it's freezing. It's a whole other animal up in there. You're not going to get the home field calls that you normally would get. Let's, let's be honest. That's what they call the home field advantage. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this rest of the season plays out. <sighs> Speaking of New England, man... I tell you, they they just constantly keep winning football games. Even though it wasn't pretty, 17-10 over the Eagles this weekend. Tom Brady, 216 yards passing, nothing spectacular. I mean, the defense was solid. They didn't give up. Wow. They barely gave up maybe 300 yards total to the Eagles. And that's just, they're just phenomenal. I mean... They're phenomenal. That defense is still stout. You got to give credit where credit is due. Philadelphia made mistakes. They turned the football over. You can't turn the football over against New England because they're going to make it. They're going to turn it into the points. They're going to turn it right into points. And that's what they do. They grind out wins. They control the clock. I mean, what can you say about them? I mean, they control the clock. They grind out wins. They, they, you make a mistake, they make you pay for it. They make you pay for it. Every single time. They make you pay. And you got to respect them. They're the best coach team in football. The best disciplined team in football. You don't see New England teams making having costly penalty plays. You don't see New England teams just doing things that other teams do to lose, to lose football games. Now, here's an interesting stat. Tom Brady was sacked one time and pressured seven times. I'm bringing that up because I'm going to go into the debacle that happened Thursday night between the Steelers and the Browns. And... Whether you agree with me or not, I think everybody needs to go. Everybody should be suspended. Um, I'm not saying Miles Garrett does not need to be suspended for the rest of the season. I'm not saying that. But Mason Rudolph should be held accountable for his actions in that game, which sparked everything. Um, If you go over these numbers, right? Mason Rudolph was sacked four times in the game. Pressured another 43 times. 43 times he was pressured. Now, I don't know what they were trying to do in that last play of the game. 
There's basically eight seconds left. What are you what are you playing for at that time? Take the knee, walk off the field. That's how you avoid injury. That's how you avoid all the CTE. That's how you avoid it all. I don't know why the NFL does this, but it's a two-touchdown score game. Now, and that's maybe 12 seconds left. They were on, what, the 15-yard line? I could see if they were on the 50, maybe the 40 of Cleveland. You got a chance to score. And maybe on an onside kick, get the ball back. Maybe. But you're in a 15, 20-yard line. That's not going to happen. Just poor decision-making all the way around. Um, Mason Rudolph needs tougher skin. I'm sorry. But Miles Garrett made a football play. It was a football play. You're mad because you got hit for the 43rd time during the game? Your offensive line, who was so protective of you, didn't do anything to protect you that whole game. And you go at Miles Garrett the way you do. Now, let's be honest. That's like a pit bull versus Chihuahua. What is on your mind? You're going to grab the man by his helmet. You're going to incite this. You deserve to be suspended just as well. If not four games, five games. Not the remainder of the season, but to send a message. Because I feel like you're going to see this type of behavior. You're going to see guys fighting, going back and forth. You eliminate it by suspending everybody. You eliminate it by eliminating the problem. And you eliminate the problem by setting an example. Now, listen, what Miles Garrett did was crazy. I'm going to call it straight crazy because the man lost his mind. He was incensed. He was enraged. I get it. We all lose it. We're not. We're human beings at the end of the day. None of us are perfect. Because he, he could have done some serious damage. But what if he had done that damage unless he was provoked? He was provoked. So at the same time, you have to hold the person accountable who started the situation. Now, on a plus for the Browns, let's talk about the game. Finally getting a win. Baker Mayfield had a decent game, not a great game. Threw for two touchdown passes. Um, Still struggling to get the ball to Odell Beckham. Still struggling to get the ball to Jarvis Landry. Even though he saw he got Jarvis Landry for a touchdown pass. Nick Chubb was Nick Chubb. Another solid rushing game. 27 carries, 92 yards. And Cleveland did what they should have done. Was beat Pittsburgh. Next on, shock of the week for me. The Falcons defeated the Panthers in Carolina. Rather handedly. And you know what? Everybody was saying. Cam Newton's on IR. Carolina should move on from him. And I think what you're seeing is, wait a minute. Nope. Nah, I don't think so. This is not good. 
Kyle Allen is not a healthy Cam Newton. Um, not even close. You have lightning in the bottle on Christian McCaffrey, who can do things on offense that we haven't seen in a long time. He could run it, he can catch it out the backfield. He's explosive. But when you throw four interceptions and you basically give Atlanta the football game because they weren't quite outstanding at all. I mean, Matt Ryan had an average game for him, 21 for 31, 311 yards. They really didn't do much running the football. I mean, Calvin Ridley had a big game, 143 yards receiving for them. Julio Jones is Julio Jones, but he didn't really have a great game. He had eight targets, caught six balls for only 91 yards. But you only had one person on that offense with another TV, with another touchdown, passing-wise. So it looked like they went off on Nintendo scores to them. You had one rushing touchdown. So where the rest of these points come from? Turnovers. Turnovers. I mean, field goal kicker was three for four. So you beat yourselves. I'm not a fan of Kyle Allen's just yet. The kid's a good talent, but he's got a lot to learn. He's still no Cam Newton. And for what Cam could do, I'm sorry. I'm not closing the book on that chapter just yet. Not at all. Next game we're going to move on to. The Dallas Cowboys with a huge win for them. Because it puts them in control of the NFC East. Puts them up 6-4 now. And they're leading the division. And I don't see the Eagles catching them at all. Unless the Cowboys have a major collapse and somebody gets hurt. Um, Dak Prescott threw for 444 yards. Three touchdowns. They had a day. Zeke didn't really get a ton of yardage. But they lit it up. And listen. Let's be honest, with a backup quarterback, the Lions didn't quit. The Lions did not quit at all. Jeff Driscoll had a solid game. I was pretty impressed by the guy, to be honest with you. Being that he hasn't gotten that many snaps, but he did what he needed to do. He threw for two touchdown passes. Game was back and forth. Can't say that really... The Lions defense was stellar, but usually they, they, they always fight in games. They're always in games. They're always in games to the whistle. They're always competitive. So it's a good win for Dallas. Very good win. Very much needed win. Jags, Colts. Uh, Jags beat the Colts very handily, 33-13. Uh, sad thing for the Jags is that they're losing their running back, broke his hand. Um... I don't know how long he's going to be out for. Haven't gotten too many updates on that. Jacoby Brissett came back. It was okay. Nick Foles came back for the Jags. Uh, threw an interception. Had two touchdown passes. Leonard Fournette did not have a great game at all. Only touched the ball eight times, which is not acceptable for him at all. But Colts did hand the Jaguars, handle the Jaguars pretty easy. Next game. <sighs> 
We had Broncos and the Vikings. Vikings came back because the Broncos were beating them. Vikings came back to get a... They needed this win to stay atop of the um, NFC North. Because, let me tell you something, the Packers are coming. The Packers are coming, the Vikings are coming. That's going to be an interesting two teams, how they end off the series, end off the year in that division. Saints 34-17 over the Buccaneers. The Jets snuck in a win over the Redskins. Who cares? Because they're both horrible. 49ers, 36. Cardinals, 26. 49ers came back to winning that game. Very impressive win for the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo threw for four touchdowns finally, even though he threw for two more picks. Samuel had... uh, Debo Samuel caught eight balls, I think it was, for 134 yards. Kyler Murray had a decent game, not a great game. Didn't turn the football over, but wasn't enough. Put up 26 points, though. Next up, we have the Monday night game. Nope, one more game to go. The Rams beat the Bears, which is a much win for the Rams. They really needed that win. Um, The Rams are still treading water. That NFC West is a tough division, man. And the sad part about it is somebody's going to get left out for the playoffs, which is going to be a shame because you have certain teams who are going to make the playoffs who shouldn't even be there. Mainly, I'm talking about the Cowboys. I'm not going to lie. And Monday night game, Chiefs versus the Chargers. Once again, I'm pretty impressed by Pat Mahomes. I was impressed by his mobility. Um, doesn't look like he's still struggling from the knee injury at all still. Um, but what I still have him doing some of the things that he's doing, maybe, maybe not. Um, he was very mobile out of the pocket. Um, when he leads them in rushing, it's kind of scary though. Kind of scary. You don't want your quarterback running like that, especially come on with a dislocated knee. <clears throat> they got to do better to protect him. That offensive line has to get healthy. Philip Rivers, four interceptions, just, he was horrible. Horrible. You expect more from Philip Rivers, especially when you know Kansas City does not have a great defense at all. At all. And it could have been a chance for him to put up some really big numbers and make this more of a competitive game than it should have been. That's it for week 11, wins and losses. And... Let's talk about the big elephant in the room, Mr. Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick had a workout Saturday. Some people say it was a farce. Some people say that it it just was a PR stunt by both him and the NFL. And here's the thing. Colin Kaepernick, blackballed, yes. Um, Does he deserve a shot? Yes. Now, in my opinion, did he handle it correctly? I have to agree with Stephen A. Smith on this, and no. Not at all. Does it seem like he wants to play football again? To me, no. Why would he? He's 32 years old. He's 32. He's getting money from Nike. 
He's got money from his collusion. What more does he have to go out there and play football for? He doesn't. Does it help his cause if he plays? No, really doesn't. So what he did by calling out the NFL, calling about Roger Goodell, and to say to the NFL, stop running, you're basically taunting them. You're basically saying, ha, I dare you to choose me. I dare you. I'm still going to. Nobody has a problem with him being him. But it's the way you go about it. And I can see where Stephen A. Smith's point is. There's a lot of people who want that opportunity. If you really didn't want the opportunity, stop making all the noise for it. Stop making all the noise for it. Because you're going to handle it much different. Way much different. I'm going to leave it at that. But now we're going to talk about the standings going forward. AFC East division leaders. The New England Patriots are sitting at 9-1. Buffalo Bills at 7-3. AFC West, you have the Chiefs and the Raiders. Who would have thought the Raiders would be sitting at 6-4 right now? After everything going on with A.B., Losing Khalil Mack. John Gruden, possibly coach of the year. Now, NFC, AFC North, you have the Ravens leading at 8-2. Steelers 5-5. Five five, Browns at 4-6. Here's the crazy thing. The Browns still can salvage their season. They really still can. They get hot, they got a possibility to. Now, that AFC South is jam-packed. You have the Colts sitting at six and four, the Texans at six and four, the Titans at five and five. That's going to make it very interesting, very interesting. But as you can see, the NFC, I'm going to go with them now. Cowboys sitting atop the NFC East, six and four, Eagles five and five. The NFC West is the toughest division probably in football right now. 49ers are still 9-1. Seahawks are 8-2. The Rams are 6-4. The Packers are 8-2. Vikings are 8-3. That NFC North is tough. Saints are sitting at 8-2. You can kiss the rest of the NFC South bye-bye because the Panthers are done. Falcons are done. And the Buccaneers are done. So right now, going over that, the playoff scenario looks very interesting, especially in the NFC. Um, you're going to have a couple of teams on the outside looking in. You really are. I mean, luckily for the Cowboys, they're in the NFC East because they're probably one of the weaker football teams who are going to make the playoffs. And if you look at the Packers and the Vikings, if they continue on their path, those are two playoff spots there. The Saints, they're going to show up the NFC South. That's a playoff spot. Then you have the NFC West where could the Rams squeak in? Who knows? But I could, you easily can see that you're going to have either the 49ers and the Seahawks come out of that division easily. Could the Rams possibly still get back in it? Who knows? There's a lot of football left. A lot of football left. And the AFC... Uh, some of the divisions are done deal. Not necessarily, I would say. 
Um, the AFC South is going to be a dog fight. Um, you have three teams who could possibly win it still. The Titans are still in it. The Texans are still in it. The Colts are in it. Um, the North is pretty much, I could say, sold up for, this, for the Ravens. But the Steelers, who've been a surprise, have been... I mean, Mike Tomlin, also Coach of the Year candidate. He's done a hell of a lot job, just like John Gruden. He's been winning with nothing, which has been pretty impressive. AFC West, going to come down to the Chiefs and the Raiders. That's going to be neck and neck. But nobody's really pulling away in that division. Only really one runaway that you have in the division in the AFC is the Patriots and the Ravens. And you're probably going to see those two teams in the AFC Championship game. All right, folks, this is your armchair quarterback. My name is Zach Humphrey. I am signing out. Catch you next week and catch you later on this week for the NFL preview. This is Straight Sports Talk Radio. I'm Zach Humphrey, your host. I'm out of here.